right, welcome in. Farzine Vasugin here with you after an insane divisional round weekend for the NFL playoffs. Welcome in. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Wow. Uh, hey, look, I'm just going to keep it all football on this podcast. I mean, there's there's really not too much going on out there in the world that's really grabbing my interest or really my attention in general. But what? Ha- all I did over the weekend was watch football. Okay, maybe a little bit of TV, movies, all that good stuff, but 99.8% of my weekend was football. And I have zero regrets. I mean, I'm usually one of those people like... People who know me personally know um, I don't I don't like to spend all weekend watching sports. I love spending all day Sunday watching the NFL, but you know I, I, part of the reason I'm not a college football fan I, I'm just college sports just not my thing, and I like to go out and do stuff uh, on a Saturday. Obviously, during a very important weekend like the NFL playoffs, yeah, I'll block off my entire weekend. For the NFL. Because it's worth it. And my god. Sunday and Saturday. The two best days. When it came to the NFL. Okay maybe not. I mean if you're a Bills fan. Or a Bucks fan. Or a Packers fan. You probably don't feel that way. But if you can view things from. An objective point of view from like if you had zero rooting interest like on a personal level for all the eight teams that played over the weekend that was probably some damn entertaining football for, for you from start to finish if you're a guy like me who has a rooting interest like one of them being the Kansas City Chiefs you, I mean you probably had a heart attack uh during those last two minutes not knowing what the hell is gonna happen but my gosh uh that that was insane and Uh, That Chiefs game, man. I've got a lot to say about that and the other three games. I'll also give my predictions for Championship Sunday. Hard to believe it's already here. Championship Sunday. And it is going to come down to either the Rams and the 49ers versus the Bengals or the Chiefs. I said uh, Rams and 49ers. I meant Rams or 49ers. You know what I meant, though. You all know what I meant. Uh, So we'll talk about that and... uh, I did want to mention uh, something really cool that did happen uh, after the Chiefs and Bills game. My friend uh, Brett Fitzgerald, who runs the Chiefs Kingdom memes Facebook and Twitter pages, he did something pretty cool that blew up on social media and is out there now in uh, mainstream media. So it's uh, it's actually a really cool story that is uh, blowing up. We'll get to all of that in just a moment real quickly just want to remind you guys you can subscribe to the podcast apple google spotify amazon stitcher all those good places there you can catch the podcast so be sure you are subscribed to the podcast share the links as well let your friends know and by the way guys for those of you who've been on my facebook page facebook.com slash farzy vesugian and by the way i get asked when i mention it on the podcast why don't i ever spell it well i assume you guys can see my name on the title of the podcast uh i, I get asked that a lot sometimes but i don't know for some reason i guess people don't see my name on there somewhere i don't know uh, but for those of you who've been on the Facebook page, uh, you guys know I do live streams at halftime and after every Chiefs game. You guys have been absolutely awesome. Uh, and it's been this way for the... I, I've had this Facebook page since 2009, back when it was called the Chief Zone. And then I changed, I rebranded it just to 
myself since I was kind of on and off with the Chief Zone podcast for a while. And it was three years ago where this page really picked up. Um, so I thank you guys. Uh, and obviously this time of year, the postseason, it really picks up a lot. But now because there's there are so many people following the page, there's a lot of discussion even in the offseason as well for other non-sports topics. But obviously uh, being mostly Chiefs commentary, uh, January and February, the past three years are, are when we've... Um, Really blown up the most. So thank you guys so much for uh, following uh, me on Facebook and just all the interactions and engagements. We had more than a million engagements over the weekend on uh, the, during the divisional round. So you guys are awesome. Thank you guys for doing that. All right. I did want to start off the podcast talking about the overtime rule. And I'll get to the Chiefs and Bills game as well as the three other games. But I have to start with the overtime talk because... That is dominating the uh, the football chatter since late Sunday night. It was on social media. A lot of the media started talking about it in TV and talk radio. And it's even gotten to like national mainstream media. Fox News is talking about it. CNN is talking about it. Uh, everyone is talking about the NFL overtime rules. Everyone wants to see a change. Let me just... Go back three years ago, because if you guys remember, in the AFC Championship game between the Patriots and the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs lost that game in overtime. Uh, that was infamously the uh, game where D. Ford, the uh, Pro Bowl outside linebacker, pass rusher for the Chiefs, he lined up offsides. The same play, Tom Brady threw an interception, and every single person in America thought the Chiefs dethroned the Patriots and advanced to the Super Bowl for the first time in 49 years at the time, but not the case, unfortunately, because D. Ford was offsides. And the Chiefs went on to lose in overtime. And if you guys remember, the Patriots won the coin toss. They obviously elected to receive uh, the overtime kickoff, and they just marched down the field and got a touchdown. About a month or two later, the Chiefs, uh, they proposed a rule. The NFL teams are allowed to propose uh, ideas, rule changes. It gets brought up in the NFL owners' meetings. And if there's enough support or enough interest, then the 32 owners will vote on it. So the Chiefs brought this up. And when it was first reported that the Chiefs were wanting to... Uh, create a rule change or, or suggest a rule change for overtime that both teams should have possession in overtime, regardless of who scores and how they score uh, for the opening possession. A lot of people mock the Chiefs, saying, wait a minute, why are the Chiefs suggesting this when their defensive end or pass rusher was offsides? Why are they suggesting this when their defense allowed not one, not two, but three third and 10 conversions in overtime. And by the way, if you remember, the Chiefs were 13, they allowed 13 of 19 third down conversions in that AFC championship game to the Patriots. So a lot of people criticize and mock the Chiefs. Hey, I agreed with the criticism. I said, look, the Chiefs did not lose this game because of a coin toss or because they didn't get possession. They lost this game because, and there were several reasons. A lot of people point to D Ford, the second most popular 
thing to point at was the overtime rule. Man, I've always said, I, I never blame the referees or the rules or just really one play. Yes, Steve Ford had a hand in the team's loss. So did the offense in the first half. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense didn't score in the first half. Not a single point. Uh, they were lucky to even go into the locker room tied at four, or excuse me, 14 nothing. Rather than it being more than that, if you recall, the Chiefs actually got an interception when the, when the Patriots were at the one-yard line. So, the Chiefs... I mean, there were several reasons why they lost that game. Tyreek Hill had a punt return for negative yards. In addition, there was a holding penalty that pushed the Chiefs further back. They had to punt on a three and out, and the Patriots were able to get an easy score because they had great field position. They got a field goal uh, after uh, getting the ball back uh, following that bad punt return from Tyreek Hill. The, Travis Kelsey had a couple of key drops as well in that game. There were several reasons for that. I never blame the game on one player or one play or a rule or the officiating. I, I'm never that kind of fan. And anyone who's followed me long enough knows that. But here's what happened. A lot of people made fun of the Chiefs because it did look like the Chiefs were blaming the game on the overtime rules. Well, let's fast forward three seasons later. What happened last month? Thursday night football. Chiefs, Chargers in L.A. The Chiefs win the coin toss, and they obviously elect to receive, and what happens? They march down the field, and Travis Kelsey, he had himself a hell of a game against the Chargers. The Chargers did not get a chance to possess the ball in overtime. And a lot of Chargers fans were complaining, oh, we never got the ball in overtime. Now, this is a much bigger stage, obviously, especially with the, week the weekend we just had in football. All four games coming down to literally the final play. Three of them game-winning field goals as time expires. Whereas in the Chiefs-Bills game, it was overtime. So obviously the final play determines everything. Uh, in in the, the case of the Chiefs-Bills game, the Chiefs marched down the field. Uh, they won the coin toss after the Bills called it tailed and ended up coming up heads. And so the Chiefs marched down the field on the first drive of overtime, and Patrick Mahomes finds Travis Kelsey in the end zone, and they win the game. And immediately the complaints came in saying the game should not be decided by a coin toss. So, a lot of people want to complain and say... <laughs> Say that, oh, uh, you know, poor poor Chargers. Okay, maybe not a lot of people said anything about the Chargers. It wasn't talked about much. But in a stage like this, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and again, we had a massive weekend, so it's a bigger deal now. But a lot of people were talking about the, uh, the Bills. Oh, boy. Poor Buffalo Bills. And they didn't get the ball. They couldn't possess the ball in overtime. Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks this season. He obviously, he and the Bills had a really a remarkable story this season. And it would have been a great one if they could have avenged that loss in last year's AFC Championship game when the Chiefs beat the Bills. Obviously, they beat them in the regular season, but that means nothing in the postseason, right? So, a lot of people were criticizing the Chiefs for wanting a rule change. But now, the 31 fan bases have come together and now are demanding for a change because the Bills did not possess the ball in overtime against the Chiefs. 
Meanwhile, the Chiefs were the team that actually wanted to change the rule. Everyone laughed at it. The only owner that I think even supported it was Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. The other 30 owners had zero interest in it. They didn't give a damn about it and wanted to move on. So if you want to blame anyone, blame your owners. Because unless your owner is Clark Hunt, who proposed a change, or Jerry Jones, who the only other owner that was supportive of, of, the, uh, of even wanting to vote for it, the other 30 owners said, nope, fuck it. That's what they said. That's essentially what they said. And now here you are complaining about this, wanting a rule change when your owner didn't want one in the first place. Now I'm sure the Bills owner, and I don't know who the name of the Bills are. I don't know all the owners in the NFL by name off the top of my head, but I'm sure they now want a rule change. By the way, I respect Josh Allen so much. He had a quote. I don't have it in front of me, but he essentially said, look, if it was us who got the ball first and we marched down the field and scored a touchdown, we'd be celebrating. He's absolutely right. See, here's the problem. Everyone, listen, Chiefs fans are guilty of this too. Three years ago, Chiefs fans either blamed it on D Ford and or blamed it on the overtime rule, not having possession to uh, for, for both teams. Are Chiefs fans complaining about that? Three years later, because twice in as many months, the Chiefs won the coin toss in overtime and won the game against the Chargers and against the Bills. Chiefs fans aren't saying anything about it, though. And listen, Bills fans would be doing the same thing. So let's not get it twisted. I'm not just picking on Chiefs fans here. All 32 fan bases. Here's the thing. Uh... I say this a lot, you know, the rules are the rules. Everyone knows what the rules are. And I also say this, I also say this about bad officiating. If there are some missed calls or bad calls that go in the opposing team's favor, it happens, man. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it happens. But when bad calls or missed calls go in your team's favor, you're not saying shit about it. That's just the damn truth. Fans are not, listen, a lot of Chiefs fans blame the Bengals' loss on officiating. Well, guess what? A week later, the Chiefs are playing the Broncos uh, on Saturday, and there were some, let's just say there were some favorable calls and missed calls in, in Kansas City's side. Guess what? Chiefs fans were not complaining about the officiating in that one. Broncos fans were, Broncos fans were absolutely complaining about it online. I still remember Orlando Brown got away with two very clear false start penalties. There was also a phantom holding call on Denver's defense on uh, third down in the red zone that allowed the Chiefs uh, to continue going on their drive. Guess what? Chiefs fans weren't saying a damn thing about it. See, that's what happens here. When something doesn't go in your favor, uh, if you don't like a rule or if you don't like the officiating or if you don't like how something went down, you're blaming... Anything and everything that you can. But when it's the other way around, when the tables are turned in your favor, you're not complaining about it. No one is. Let me give you an example, by the way, uh, with this whole coin toss thing. Because I'm sick of people saying the coin toss decides games. I get it. A majority of the time it does. But it's not always the case. If you guys remember New Orleans, they blamed 
their NFC Championship loss to the Rams. Remember that one on uh, the missed pass interference call where uh, I I think it was Bradley Roby or someone else. I can't remember who it was. There was a defender on the Rams, a cornerback, who just laid out a pass catcher from the Saints and absolutely should have been a penalty call, but there wasn't one. Little do Saints fans remember the drive before that, the Saints yanked on Jared Goff's face mask and it was not called. No penalty flag was thrown. Rams had to settle for a field goal. So cry me a river, Saints fans, because in that same game, the Saints, guess what? They won the coin toss. What happened? The Rams played defense and they went on to win the game. But Saints fans want to blame the missed pass interference call. Even though they got away with face mask call and they won the coin toss. See how this works? See, no one's complaining that the Rams won the coin toss because, the, or excuse me, the Saints won the coin toss because the Rams play defense. Buffalo has the number one defense in the NFL. You're allowed to play defense. I don't know why so many people get so defensive for a team. Oh, they got the ball first. Well, looks like they won. Does defense not exist? I understand time of possession and how that all works. And when it gets to overtime, boy, those both teams are tired. But defenses are just far more worn out. And when a game goes that long, yeah, it does benefit an offense far more than it does a defense. Because defenses have to... Be ready for anything. Predict which way route runners are going. And it's just not an easy thing to do when you're that tired when the games are going on for that long. So I get that. But you can still play defense, right? You have the number one defense in the NFL. They could have and should have played defense for 13 seconds. People are talking about how the Bills should have squib kicked it with 13 seconds to go. And it could have come down to 11 or 10 seconds. But no, instead, Bills fans... Want to blame it on the overtime rule. And so do the other 30 NFL fan bases. Obviously, excluding the Kansas City Chiefs. So everyone wants a rule change when something does not go in their favor. When it goes go, when it does go in their favor, they're not saying a damn word about it. So simmer down. The rules are the rules. If they go in your favor, you'd be doing the same thing Chiefs fans are doing. A.K.A. Not saying a word about it. And by the way, for the record, just my opinion on, on overtime. I hate I hate the overtime rules. I hate the current overtime rules. This whole bullshit excuse about how both teams should possess the ball. You had 60 minutes of regulation. So unless one team finds a way to hog the football for 60 minutes, both teams had plenty of possession, which is nearly impossible, by the way. Uh, but both teams had plenty of possessions. In the 60 minutes of regulation. But somehow that's forgotten about in overtime. Me personally, I like the sudden death rule way better. I think it's really stupid. You have to think about whether you're going to kick a field goal or perhaps go for it on fourth down so you can convert, get a first down, and eventually get a touchdown. That way you don't have to worry about kicking a field goal and possibly losing the game on the next drive of the game. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of people suggest that in order to make it better, 
teams should uh, have the option to go for two, and if they can get eight points on the drive, then they can win the game. The same thing's going to happen. Only one team is going to have possession. See, people said the same thing back when we had sudden death. People said, you know, you shouldn't have to just kick a field goal and win the game. You should at least uh, be forced to uh, uh, score a touchdown or let the other team get a chance if you only settle for a field goal. Well, that's exactly what the NFL did. They abided by the, I shouldn't say abided, but they acquiesced to so many of these demands. And there are still complaints about it. So even if there was a rule change where they gave the team with the uh, opening, uh, the team that got the ball first, an opportunity to uh, go for two after a touchdown to seal the game, well, the complaints would still be there that the opposing team never got the ball. Not to sound like a broken record, but as we all know, people are only going to complain about it if the rule does not go in your favor. That's the truth. I mean, that's that's just the damn truth. All right, I do want to touch on the four wild card or wild card. Forget about the wild card ban. Only two games were actually good from the wild. Two out of the six games. And listen, I don't mind six games. I don't mind them expanding to seven teams. I hate that the number two seed doesn't get a bye week, but hey, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to complain about more football if I'm being honest with you guys. Uh, I will say the four divisional round games, that's what I meant to say before, those were some damn good games over the weekend. All right, the first game that took place over the weekend, Bengals and Titans. This was the one I was interested in the most. Bengals have a high-powered offense. A lot of people know about that. The Titans, they got the number one seed without Derrick Henry for the second half of the season. And even uh, shortly before his injury, he was not playing very well the last two games before his injury. And the first two games uh, the Titans were without him, they were still winning. They were still winning games. Uh, they slipped a little bit, but then they came back up to the number one seed after the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, uh, which I alluded to a moment ago uh, when talking about the overtime rule. Uh, and so the Titans got back up and got the number one seed. So this was the one I had a lot of interest in because I was really curious. How were the Titans going to look? Uh, coming in with the number one seed, doing a lot of that without Derrick Henry's help. And the Bengals, what kind of offense were they going to have against Tennessee on the road? And my, by the way, Derrick Henry's back. What kind of an impact was he going to make? And was he going to look like the Derrick Henry that we all know and love if we have him on our fantasy football teams? Uh, I don't play fantasy football, but I know a lot of people out there do, and I'm sure Derrick Henry helped you uh, in the past when he is available. Well, we got a lot of questions answered in this one, and it was a very interesting one. Came down to the wire. It looked like the Bengals were going to run away with this, but the Titans rallied in the second half. Uh, the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't score at all until the final play of the game in the second half. No, no points in the second half until the game-winning field goal. The Titans found a way to, to tie it up. Here's what lost the game for the Titans, though. Uh, the two key plays. Ryan Tannehill's three turnovers. And by the way, you know, I know we can't, you know, say, well, if you exclude those three turnovers. No, I mean, those were a part of it. I will say 
uh, he, I, I think Ryan Tannehill was a huge reason why the Titans were able to tie this game up. Ryan Tannehill did some good things in this football game. But, unfortunately, those three passes, uh, his first pass and his final pass were interceptions, and he also had one at some point in the middle of the game. I don't remember exactly that when that one was. But, man, uh, look, I know Ryan, it's been a long journey for Ryan Tannehill. I did see some people say, hey, look, he's kind of like Alex Smith. He does have a, a ceiling and a team cannot really go any further with him. And I can't really disagree. I know they came very close a couple of years ago when they faced the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. But, man, uh, you, you've got the best football player in the NFL, in my opinion, in Derrick Henry. And if you have the right quarterback, and I'll tell you what, man, uh, if if I had to put money down on who I think is going to get Aaron Rodgers, I am picking the Titans. I really do think it's going to be the Titans. A lot of people think it's going to be the the uh, uh, the Broncos, the Raiders, uh, maybe the Texans, the Steelers. A lot of people are looking uh, at one of those teams, a couple others as well. No one's talking about the Titans possibly coming in and getting uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, listen, I don't follow college football closely, but I've heard a lot of scouts out there say, a lot of college football analysts, draft analysts, those people, a lot of those people said that... Um, this draft class is not a very good draft class when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. So I think the Titans are going to have to uh, make a play for Aaron Rodgers this offseason. I think that would be the right move for them to do. And it could really um, give them the boost they need to uh, get that number one seed again and potentially go further and give teams like the Chiefs and the Bengals a run for their money in this conference. The Bills as well. Can't forget about them. The next game, not as interesting as the other four games, or the other three games, I should say. The 49ers and the Packers, this one I had the least interest in because I thought the Packers were just going to blow out the 49ers in this one. The 49ers defense really showed up, and I know it was cold and all of that stuff, but uh, by the way, talk about a warm weather team going into Lambeau getting the job done. You know how many times... People always make the excuse, oh, uh, this team won because of the uh, the weather. It was cold or, or whatever, and the, the other team, they're a warm weather team in Florida or California. Yeah. Uh, tell that to the 49ers. And I know they didn't have a great game either, not one bit. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. But they got enough to win the game. Uh, special teams, yeah. Uh, people on special teams are important. They're very important. Uh, the Packers missing a field goal. They missed a couple against Kansas City, I remember, when those two teams squared off. That could have been a much more different ending with Jordan Love uh, being the starter in that game. Uh, could have imagined, couldn't imagine how that would have gone, but neither here nor there. Uh, special teams, an issue for the Packers when it came to field goals. Then, a blocked punt... 1,000% changed the direction of the game. Took it back for a touchdown. And next thing you know, the 49ers go in there and get the game-winning field goal. Uh, and a lot of people are wondering, where in the hell is Aaron Rodgers going to go next? He's not the only quarterback uh, people are asking about. That leads me to my next game. Rams-Buccaneers. I think this was also one a lot of people thought would have been one-sided with the reigning champs at home. Nope, not the case. The Buccaneers, uh, they were actually getting destroyed in this game. 
And a lot of people wrote the Buccaneers off. By the way, congratulations to Tom Brady getting his first ever unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Oddly enough, he actually mentioned just last week on his radio show, Let's Go, that he he admitted he had gotten away with a lot of calls in the past. Imagine that. The same week he says that, he gets his first ever unsportsmanlike penalty. Um, by the way, uh, I have to laugh at this because... Um, I remember during the broadcast, I can't remember if it was Al Michaels or Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> One of them said, that is Brady's first ever unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I said, yep, no need to fact check that one. I absolutely believe you it's his first uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So uh, I kind of thought that was interesting how they said that. It's like, yeah, no one's, no one is fact checking you on that one. Nobody. Uh but uh, regardless, uh, the Buccaneers did come back in this game. Uh, they got going, and it got really interesting. And people wondered, were the Rams going to fall to the uh, Tom Brady uh, opposing team choke job or whatever you want to call it? Because uh, that almost happened. But nope, Cooper Cup comes away with a massive catch right before the end of the game. The Rams quickly spiked the ball. And next thing you know, they get the game-winning field goal. So three game-winning field goals all by the road teams, by the way. So all the number one and number two seeds, the Titans and Packers being the one seeds and the Buccaneers being the two seed, they all lost. And it was up to the Chiefs to destroy that trend. And holy shit. Uh, I, what do you even say about this game? Kind of got off to a, a slow start. The Bills had a great opening drive. The Chiefs responded with a strong opening drive of their own. Tied at 14 at halftime. And it wasn't really too chaotic until the final two minutes. I heard this on uh, the Barstool Sports Podcast, uh, Pardon My Take. And it was Big Cat who made this reference, and I could not agree anymore. If you guys ever watched the UFC... And sometimes you see this where uh, the, uh, I don't know what they call them, the, the referee clapper or whatever. Uh, when you hear that 10-second clap indicating that it's the final 10 seconds of the round. When it's the final round and you hear that 10-second clap, so you don't see this all the time. But occasionally, especially if both, both fighters know that scorecards could be all over the place and that they both are in desire need of a knockout to win both fighters just say fuck it and they absolutely destroy the hell out of each other i mean they are just exchanging punches i mean there are at least 15 20 hits that are likely exchanged in those final 10 seconds when you hear the clap that's what this game reminded me of in the final two minutes of this game my goodness the bills and the chiefs did not hold anything back. I mean, that was just absolute chaos. And I said this on social media. I said, look, uh, <laughs> I said, if the Bills play their cards right, they can do what the Bengals did and just eat up a lot of clock and keep Mahomes on the sidelines. Nope. We had several possessions after that. And by the way, when there was 154 left to go in the game, I wrote, a, I wrote a tweet and a Facebook post saying, all right, 154 left, all three timeouts still in your pocket. MVP, go do your thing. 
yeah, um, there were still uh, more possessions after that. Uh, it was just insane. And by the way, can we talk about Tyreek Hill doing the deuces to a defender two and a half yards in front of him? Who does that? And yeah, he's going to get fined for taunting. Uh, not my favorite rule, but it is the rule. Uh, my only fear with him is because he got a penalty or a, a fine last week for the uh, pom-poms. And he has been fined twice for the deuces because you can you can have you can point it up, but you cannot point it directly at a player. Um, my only concern is because this is going to be his third time being fined. Is he? I don't know if there's a, a listen. If you get um, if you have multiple unsportsmanlike conduct penalties or multiple illegal uh, hit. Uh, personal foul penalties. Yeah, you're gonna get suspended for repeat violations. Now, this is not. This is a very harmless penalty here, or violation, I should say, because he wasn't flagged a couple of the times when he's been fined for this. But my only fear, and I don't know the rule book to, for this. If he, if this is gonna be his third strike. Is this a hey, three strikes, three uh, violations? You're gonna sit out a game. Because I would not want that. I, I sure as hell would not want that if I'm Kansas City. But neither here nor there. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, the Bills got the ball back. And I'm thinking 62 seconds left, Kansas City. Please, defense, hold them. Josh Allen had zero issues chucking the ball around. And it helped with Tyron Matthews' absence. Rashad Fenton, a really underappreciated corner, underrated corner, too. Uh, who was not in there uh, in that game on Sunday, and that helped Josh Allen. You didn't see Josh Allen really pick on the defensive backs early in the game, but for whatever reason in that fourth quarter, that is when he really turned it up and was able to expose the the defense, uh, the glaring holes. A lot of people, were, were Chiefs fans, were criticizing Spagnolo. I mean, man, he's without two good defensive backs. Like, that's going to hurt you. I, I don't care who you are. I'm not on the fire spag strain. No, not not one bit. I know he had a bad ge- coaching game against the Bengals and a bad game here, but I'm not going to let two games, you know, dictate whether or not I th- I th- whether or not I think he should be fired. And I will say, uh, look, the the final 13 seconds right there, I I thought it was over. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide and say. A lot of people criticize Tony Romo for saying it was over, uh, though he also did say they should squib it. Um, yeah, um, I I thought it was over. I one thousand percent thought it was over. And listen, somebody asked me uh, during my post game live stream. They they asked me what was the uh, play of the game. To me, it's those two plays right before the uh, game tying field goal uh, at the end of regulation. Those two plays right there, it, by the way, a lot of people are com- uh, comparing the 13 seconds Kansas City had to what the Cowboys did on their final play of the game when they had 14 seconds left where they had the quarterback scramble and try to spike it. They did not give the ball to the ref. He had to touch it to place it officially. And they ran out of time. Now, I get it. The Cowboys were out of timeouts. There's a massive difference here. The Chiefs were able to actually get three plays off, including the game-tying field goal. The point is, though, 
what what you can do in 13 seconds, what the Cowboys could have done in four. Listen, I, I, I did say on the podcast last week, I had no problems with what the Cowboys did because if you looked at, looked at what the 49ers did, they were all guarding the lines. So it was impossible to get a good catch near the sidelines unless you could improvise and lateral it and throw off the 49ers defense and run out of bounds before the time expired. Uh, which the 49ers I don't think were going to fall for. I think they were ready for anything and everything in that moment. I had no problems with what the Cowboys did. Uh, it's just you got to be quick and you got to know you hand the ball to the ref, not your center. Uh, but that's going off topic there. Uh, the Bills, I mean, defensively, they just left a lot of lanes open. And the ch- when you have lanes open, guess what? Kansas City has the perfect offense to utilize that. So, of course, the Chiefs were going to utilize that. What were you expecting? So, I thought that was very interesting. Props to the Chiefs, man. I thought it was over. I was ready to congratulate the Bills. Uh, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm also a football fan. And I I, I was ready to give kudos to the Bills on their story uh, because this was what they wanted. Listen, the Chiefs are the standard in the AFC and in the NFL in general, they have been to four consecutive AFC championship games. And assuming they win the AFC championship game this week, it could easily be four straight Super Bowls if it's not for, you know, the offside call. And I said earlier, I don't blame games on one player, one play, one incident. Um, though I know I, I get how things work. Everyone looks at the uh, waning moments of a game. And yeah, sure. Uh, if if D. Fords was not offside, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Chiefs do move on to the Super Bowl. They could have been to three Super Bowls consecutively, possibly a fourth one. So you talk about the Chiefs and the standard they have set. Even after a slow start this year, that three and four start, a lot of people thought they were done. The Chiefs are doing things that no one's been able to do before. The way this offense has really just lit up scoreboards. You know this offense can score in a short amount of time. They have scored 28 points in one quarter twice. That is not easy to do. They have scored three touchdowns in one quarter before. Uh, if you include overtime, the fourth quarter and overtime combined, the Chiefs scored four times, scored two touchdowns and two field goals. That's 20 points right there. So, you know, the Chiefs are a team that can come come out and fire on all cylinders. That's what this team is capable of. The problem with the Chiefs is they are that inconsistent team, though. They are that inconsistent team. That's what scares me. By the way, one final note on this Buffalo Chiefs game. (laughs) Uh, If you guys go to ESPN.com and uh, go uh, look at the game scores and click on... So, for instance, I'm looking at the Chiefs and uh, Bill's box score. But if you click on GameCast and look to your left, scroll down a bit, there's a win probability. And if you watch it live or even after the game, you can go through the graph 
and it'll show you with um, 13.39 left in the second quarter, they were giving the Chiefs a 51.1% chance of winning the game. If you go to, and I'm just moving my mouse around here, if you go to uh, 54 seconds left in the second quarter, they gave the Chiefs a 72.2% chance of winning. And when the Bills scored, that dropped to 52.9%. If you look at the final two minutes, it looks like an intense heartbeat. Like on a heart rate monitor. Uh, first, it was the Bills that had a 93% chance of winning. Then it was the Chiefs at 82%. The, then the Bills at 91.2. Then the Chiefs at 78. And then the Bills at 66. And then the Chiefs came back and tied it. And then the Chiefs just marched down the field. And now it shows 100% probability, 100% win probability, the Chiefs, because the game is over, obviously. But yeah, that win probability, I've never seen it look like, um, you know, one of those crazy heart rate monitors right there. I have never seen that before. That's why I compared it to like a UFC fight in the last 10 seconds of the final round when sometimes you see fighters that just go balls to the walls and are exchanging punches non-stop until the the final horn. That's what those last two minutes reminded me of. So uh, very crazy to see that uh, final sequence of events there. So that was the best, easily the best weekend of NFL football you'll ever see. And unfortunately, four teams had to lose that one. Four very good teams. And that leads us to the Final Four, Championship Sunday, Conference Championship Weekend. First up, the Bengals visiting the Chiefs. The Bengals recently beat the Chiefs, so they've got some momentum coming into this one. But the Chiefs, man, they are riding high right now with that. Listen, uh, I said the Chiefs were going to win the the first meeting. I think I I said 41-38. to That's what I said. I want to go with the same score. Uh, The Chiefs are at home this time at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. So I think the Chiefs are going to pull out a win. It's not going to be easy. I think it's going to be a very similar shootout like this Buffalo game. I don't think we're going to have an insane two minutes. I mean, that is going to be very hard to replicate. But it's going to be a shootout. It'll be a back-and-forth boxing brawl between these two teams. But I think the Chiefs are going to pull away in the end and advance to their third consecutive Super Bowl. Meanwhile, you've got a very interesting battle in the NFC championship game. Two NFC West rivals, two teams from California. You've got the number four seed versus the number six seed. No one thought we'd see these two teams. Everyone thought it was going to be either the Packers or the Buccaneers. I mean, the Cowboys. If you had to bet money and say at least one of those three teams I mentioned would be in the NFC Championship game, you would feel very comfortable with that bet. But nope, it is the uh, two teams from California, the 49ers and the Rams. Uh, Listen, people have asked me, uh, who would you rather play in the Super Bowl? Who's easier as a Chiefs fan? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, if they're in the Super Bowl, it's not easy. Just ask Nick Foles and the Eagles. Everybody wanted to play them. Everybody wanted to play Eli Manning and the Giants. But guess what? They were the ones who dethroned the undefeated Patriots that year. They defeated the Patriots twice. Yet they were the easy team both postseasons. They beat the Patriots. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not all about this. Oh, I'd rather face this team because they're easy. And, I, and some people will tell me, well, 
there are easier matchups. You realize that, right? I say, yeah. But if a team is in the Super Bowl, there's nothing easy about it. And listen, I, I don't care if you blew the Chiefs out like the Bucks did last year. There was nothing easy about beating the Chiefs the way they did last year. Everyone thought the Chiefs were going to win that game. The Chiefs were the massive favorites. So I'm not all about this. Who would I rather play? Now, from just personal preference, I would love to see another rematch from the uh, Super Bowl a couple of years ago. A lot of people want to see that big rematch from the Monday night game. Remember when the Chiefs and Rams played and they both scored in the 50s? That'd be interesting, except the Rams have changed so damn much since that game. They're not the same team anymore. So I don't know if I really have that much interest for that for that reason. I wouldn't mind the Rams. I think I actually do think a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl would be a lot more entertaining. So I'm hoping it's the Rams, and I think it will be the Rams. Listen, the 49ers have done some really good things defensively getting to this point. Offensively, man, I've got a lot of question marks right there. Um, again, defense is great. Look what they did to Aaron Rodgers of all quarterbacks. Uh, they scored a touchdown on their opening drive, but after that, the Packers disappeared. So I think the 49ers are going to give the Rams a hard time, uh, the Rams offense. But, man, they've got Odell Beckham Jr. They've got Cooper Cup. I mean, they've just got uh, weapons all around. Sonny Michel uh, still uh, can come through for, for, your, uh, for your offense. And Matthew Stafford, he's absolutely taking advantage of uh, this opportunity here after uh, so many years in Detroit. So I, I really like his story. Uh, this postseason. I mentioned that before the NFL playoffs started. I mentioned his story is one of the more interesting ones coming into the NFL postseason this year. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy to see how far he's come. I think the Rams are going to come away with this one. I think it's going to be a little bit more one-sided than people think. I think the 49ers, like I said, their defense will do some good things, but that Rams offense is going to be too much. Eventually they'll pull away and I think they'll win. So I'm going to go I'm going to go uh, 31 to 14 on that one. I think uh, it'll be a very close game going into the fourth quarter. And I think the uh, Rams are going to make the fourth quarter their quarter. And they're going to pull away and be NFC championship winners. And so we'll have the Chiefs and the Rams, uh, formerly the St. Louis Rams. So the uh, could have been the Battle of Missouri, but that really won't work as a title going into uh, this year's Super Bowl. But we got to see how it all pans out, of course. So uh, my pick, the Chiefs and the Rams for Championship Sunday. By the way, I want to go back. You guys all remember I, I said something about um, my friend Brett Fitzgerald of the Chiefs Kingdom memes page and also on Twitter. Uh, a really remarkable story. So Brett and his friend... They uh, wanted to donate to Patrick Mahomes' foundation. And they wanted to do, to do it in increments of $13 because of the 13 seconds. Um, there, there's a, there's a, 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 a shop in town called West Side Story. They're actually creating Believe shirts. If you guys have seen the memes Believe, where they take the L and the uh, E and they turn it into a 15... Now they're turning it into a 13 and writing out Believe uh, because of the 13 seconds. However, uh, Brett and his friend then came up with a new plan saying, hey, why don't we donate to Josh Allen's foundation? Josh Allen is teamed up with, 
and I am trying to pull this up. I had screenshots of it. I can't find it. I found it now. And I know I'm going to butcher the name of this. O'Shelly Children's Hospital. It is a uh, children's hospital in Buffalo. And they wrote a tweet announcing that they were overwhelmed with the outpouring of donations from Chiefs fans. They announced that they have been receiving a lot of donations, uh, $13 donations. On Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday at 2 o'clock, they announced, uh, 2 o'clock Central Time, they announced that they have nearly 4,000 donors, over $60,000 provided to support kids and families that uh, O'Shea O'Shea, uh, Children's Hospital cares for. However, there has been an update on this, a remark, a great update. And by the time this podcast comes out, I'm sure it's going to be out of date already. But uh, the hospital then made an announcement saying that it's now at $80,000 from more than 6,000 donors. I'm going to quickly uh, go to their uh, hospital page to see if they have another update. Yeah, they were going to provide an update Wednesday morning, but they were just so overwhelmed by all of this. And they just want to keep providing updates. Uh, Man, first they said it was 1,300 donors, then 4,000, and now 6,000. I mean, that's just insanity. So, uh, I mean, this is just awesome. Uh, I've shared the story. I've shared the link. I'll share it again on my Facebook and Twitter pages. I've retweeted it, all that stuff. So, yeah. if you guys want to, by the way, I, I want to address something real quickly. Uh, and I guess I'm, I'm doing this because, you know, I'm friends with Brett. Brett and I have gotten to know each other, uh, never met each other. I mean, just from online interaction, we've just kind of gotten, he started sending me all these memes. That he had, he's, the, uh, he's the founder of Savage Sports Memes, which is a really big uh, p- fan page on, um, on Facebook and Instagram, where he just creates funny sports memes, kind of like NFL memes. You know, I've had a lot of private inter- interactions with Brett. I've gotten to know him personally. Uh, whether it comes to sports or politics, Brett is one of the most objective people you can meet. And I respect that because we don't have a lot of people like that in the world today. There are a lot of people who are one-sided on so many subjects. And Brett's one of those people who looks at both sides. He'll, he'll still have his stances and opinions, but he can still look at both sides. I, and I'm the same way. Not a lot of people are like that. Um... Brett just wanted to do something in good deed. Now, it's a small percentage of people, but unfortunately it's enough to get a reaction out of me. There are people complaining about this, saying, oh, $13 in honor of the 13 seconds. That's very petty. Okay, folks, if you are choosing to be upset, and if you are choosing to view this as pettiness or as a form of mocking Josh Allen, that is your problem. If you are choosing to view this as some massive negative light, that is your problem, not anyone else's. I'm telling you right now, the people at this hospital are ecstatic. I've seen uh, their tweets. I've seen them do interviews on TV. Uh, They are over the moon ecstatic about this. Like, they are doing jumping jacks, and they are celebrating. 
Meanwhile, there are people out there complaining that $13 donations are going to Josh Allen's foundation. Which, by the way, as of now, as of what we know the latest, has led to more than $60,000. But you guys want to complain about that. Look, I'm not going to go any further, okay? I think I made my point clear. If you're complaining about this stuff, I think you've got to seriously reevaluate your priorities in life. Uh, then again, those are the same people who are very hard to please. So perhaps that's why they're complaining. Listen, I hate it when, and I, I've made my, um, I mean, I think both parties, political parties are stupid. I remember the hurricanes, uh, that happened in Texas and in the Gulf of, uh, of Mexico. Donald Trump, and I'm not a fan of the guy. I, I've made that clear in the past. He donated, I believe it was $250,000. My Reaction was awesome. That's a lot of that, that is a lot of money. <laughs> that is more money than I can count. That is more money than a lot of bank accounts combined. A lot of bank accounts combined. But for whatever reason, there was a debate about whether or not he should have donated more because he has a lot of money. Listen, again, I don't care what your stance is on someone. If they made a lot of money, they've earned it. I do think they need to. Be uh, generous and do some good things, unselfish things with the money. But when you, you know, if someone's donating 250K and you're going to complain, your complaint is only justified only if you can match that 250. If not, man, just stop. Uh, I mean, seriously, the people who are complaining about Josh Allen's and the and the thirteen dollar donations, how, how many how many dollars have they donated? Seriously, the people who always complain about this stuff aren't doing anything about it. And listen, I saw I saw a couple of people say, you know, thirteen. I feel it's a little petty. I'm gonna donate. I'm gonna flip the one and the three and donate thirty one. Okay, sure. You're more than welcome to do that. It's not supposed to be petty. If anything, I think it helps Josh Allen. You know, the next time he sees the number thirteen, he thinks about it in a in a positive manner. But not everyone chooses to uh, to think of it that way. Can uh, can, hey, can't make everyone happy. Can't make everyone happy. Nonetheless, I appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of Farscast. Thank you guys so much for the Facebook interactions, those posts, engagements, all of that stuff. The live video interactions have all been off the charts and have been awesome. So thank you guys so much for all of that. Please keep that going. Please subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, wherever it is you listen to a podcast. You can share the links with your friends as well. So don't forget to do that. And uh, please uh, keep inviting your friends to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. If you look, I, sh- I suppose I have to spell it, uh, f- facebook.com slash F-A-R-Z-I-N V-O-U-S-O-U-G-H-I-A-N. You can obviously rewind that if I said it too fast. Uh, even though my name is right there and you can just look off of it. I don't know. As people say I got to do it. Um uh, there's a button somewhere in there. My screen looks different than your guys' screen because I, I run that page, and so uh, it doesn't look like a normal page. I don't know where, but somewhere around there, there gives you it gives you the option to invite people. Please take one or two minutes to invite all your friends to the page. Would greatly appreciate it. Again, greatly appreciate you guys on the page and for downloading and listening to the podcast. 
Enjoy Championship Sunday. I will talk to you guys next week. We will talk about who is in the Super Bowl. Take care.